0: It's the tx water polo podcast i'm james smith in austin that's joe linehan i'm assuming you're in san antonio and we're back it's been a while this is our june edition yeah i think that's going to be about right actually I mean, because what do we just do spend an hour talking about the calendar and i haven't even told you where i'm going to be or when i'm going to be places and i'm sure you last time i talked to you're like oh i can't go because i got to drive to houston to you know tomorrow so that's your typical uh, MO in the state of Texas is you're always on the road. So, you know, I, I think that's right. Like this is our June edition and maybe we reconvene in a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, interesting. Well, we haven't had a chance to speak t- uh, since the last big tournament, which was Southwest Zone Championships down at uh, I'm calling it at uh, at at. Um, uh, Cy Fair called NGO quals, NGO quals. I know, Southwest but I... NGO quals. Okay. You know, I like the day. It used to be called
1: the Southwood zone championship. We did change names too, because it's only a qualifier now. What? Oh, before not- Right. Yeah, because it, I mean, it used to be called the Southwest Zone Championship, which also doubled as the qualifier. Right. Um, but now it's just the Southwest Zone NGO qualifier.
0: Who knew? I mean, I know it's listed on the letterhead and all that, but I'd never heard anybody correct me calling it Southwest Zone Championships. I, I'm actually going to cross that out on my punch list right now. So there you go. The tournament went well. Like you are, uh, you're largely in command of what was going on down there, at least an observer for the most part. Right. So um, right. it, I think the big news, though, is, Joe, is just that the there were more teams than it ever played, right? Um, and uh, we'll get into this in a moment, but all of those teams made it to Junior Olympics, which is just fabulous news. Um, so what else? What were the highlights that you could think of of this tournament? And we can go into results as well.
1: Well, well, number one, I'd like to thank the, Cypher, oh, the Cypress Fairbanks Water Polo Club for hosting Christine Gill, Chris Ellis, and all their coaches and athletes' parents. that did a great job. It was five courses over three days. So it's no easy lift right there, yeah. um, especially whenever I think they bid for a three or four course tournament, and we gave them a five course tournament, which is great. We weren't quite sure whether or not this was going to be a large tournament or a small tournament, and it ended up being larger than we've ever had before. So there were there were fifty nine teams that entered. We only played fifty six because we did not play the ten and unders. Right. Um, but you know, it was great competition. The twelves and fourteens, yeah, uh, they only played the Saturday and Sunday. Um, it was it was kind of cool for the twelves. We did like a tournament for the twelve and under at the same time. We still had the qualification on Saturday f- and the seating on Saturday for the twelve and under boys and then the twelve and under mixed. So it was all it was like two or three tournaments all kind of wrapped into one. And that was at Bridgeland. So the twelve and under girls, the only team kind of going to JOS is going to be Thunder. Right. 12 and under boys, uh, kind of kind of Pegasus, yeah, just kind of placed higher than Thunder. And the 12 and under mixed. Um, it was kind of four teams that did around Robin, and probably a bit surprising was Mavericks came out on top.
0: Yeah. That was a surprise. Cool.
1: So congrats to Sam Ewing and yeah, and yeah, and Donzi Lilly for, for their good job. And it was kind of funny, like all those teams were kind of close, I think. Yes. Um, and Mavericks actually lost one game, but then they won their next two. But the one team they lost to Got fourth place, right? <laughs> so, it's just it's kind of it's kind of funny, kind of how things happen. But um, that was over at um, Bridgeland High School, which yeah. was um, a smaller a smaller pool. But I think people enjoyed having a 12 and under pool to themselves. And then the 14 unders were over at the Cy, at Cy Ranch High School, and under placed first over the Viper Pigeons in the 14 new girls. So that's a bit of a flip flop tags um and then the 14 new boys i think that was our big surprise was that uh thunder placed higher than pegasus yes um and then the viper pigeons and the rest of the teams kind of placed appropriately kind of kind of after that but um overall i think that like the younger teeds it was great we had seven uh kind of 14 and under boys that are that yeah that tried to qualify and are going to eventually go to JO. so that is great
0: yeah.
1: um and then for the 18U divisions, which I which I think you were part of as a coach, 16s, um, 16s. Or we'll we'll do the 16s. The Thunder in the 16U girls it was it was Thunderblock first and Cypher Waterpolo Club second and yeah, in Southside third. For the 16U boys it was Thunder first, the Viper Pigeon second and Southside third. Um which I think I mean probably kind of was about where everybody thought it was going to be. Um, for 16 new boys, I think, yeah, yeah. Maybe thunder kind of stepped up. I think they were definitely one of the top two or three teams kind of going in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and then for the 18 new girls, definitely, it was the thunder and the, and the vibrant green show. A
0: great competition between them. Yeah.
1: And, and I think it was a, it was a, it was a one goal game, but Southside also kind of had a strong team there. Then the 18 new boys it was very, very competitive. Um, yeah, just very kind of kind of Vegas just came out on top. Yep. And they beat Southside kind of by a goal in the final. Vegas also kind of kind of had to get to the final by, by yeah, by beating Thunder. And both those games were one goal games. Yeah. So and then even Storm that got fourth and Bridge, that got fifth in the preliminary round, they had a one goal game to get to the top four. Right. So, um, so overall, I thought it was great. I mean, as a coach at the tournament, so what do you think?
0: Well, I was delighted. We had uh, six teams, you know that that played. Um, and every one of them is going, obviously. Um, I coached our 16 and under boys. That was, I, it was so much fun. Because here we are, we're playing our first games on Friday. And some of the kids don't know each other's names. And by the end of the tournament that we're doing, we placed fifth. I was very, very hopeful that we would make, make let's say top eight, something like that. And coming in fifth, I was absolutely delighted. We gave a bit of a scare to Pegasus, which finished just ahead of us. Yeah, we beat Cypher, which was again close to Pegasus. It was great. I mean, I I know this is a very personal coaching story, but it was it was a very good result altogether. And um, uh, so, all across all age groups for my team in particular, but just in the tournament in general, it was so nice to have you know people back. It was so nice. I mean, it was noisy. we've gotten a little bit accustomed to having a little bit, you know, less noise in the facility, but it was just so great that things were essentially normal. And so uh, I, it was, it was a very, very good weekend.
1: Yeah. There was, um, teams, teams were getting in and warming up at halftime and between the third and fourth quarter teams were switching sides at half and they were given fist bumps at, at the end of games. Um, it would, it brought back a little bit of the normalcy from pre COVID era, but, um, yeah, it was I mean we we did keep the games on the hour time frame to allow to not be completely chaotic. Right. So and and I thought that was a good transition. We did have to and we did have to squeeze three uh courses into the the CFISD auditorium, which worked out really well. I thought the courses were kind yeah, were kind of set up well. They they were wide enough, and, and and it was perfect for the tournament. So
0: I would tell you if I thought otherwise, but I actually thought it worked. It worked out way better than I expected. Now I've never preferred to have referees on the same side, never. But all things considered, that it I thought. It, I just walked in there thinking like, oh yeah, that's right. We got to put three courses in here, and this is going to be a bit of a mess. And it was, it worked out actually very, very well. That
1: and the and the referees on the same side allow the the like the athletes to whenever you have three courses. The reason we do it that way is to allow the athletes to know what direction the whistles course. are coming from. So and there was a little bit of a kind of a kind of a hiccup after the first game where an official wanted to be on the middle. No, that's confusing. We're not doing that done. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) And, you can't um, share that bulkhead. There's not enough room. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I it would be humorous to see a, a, an official fall in the water, but I don't think anybody wants to see
0: that. Oh, Joe, come on. How can you say that? It would be funny. Yeah, it would actually be hilarious. Um, but uh, but
1: as you've mentioned, um, all teams are are going to get to go to, to the National Junior Olympics, and they did all qualify that participate at the Quals tournament. Um, the reason for that is after the uh, initial kind of uh, like team entries kind of come in, um, all the uh, like, like the allocated slots for the other zones that are the ad yeah, that go kind of uh, unused go back and then get dispersed to the zones that need extra slots. And obviously the Southwest zone is kind of hosting it, so we needed the extra slots. And normally for a n- normal JOS tournament, Cal- yeah, they'd, like they like the California zones, the larger zones would probably get and gobble up a lot of those slots. But for this particular session three, um, the Southwest zone got a lot of those spots, and that was and that was why we were able to get all of
0: our teams in. I I just wanted to mention that we treated the allocation decision and we had been sort of hearing noises that, you know, every team was going to go. But it was uncertain, not really, like it wasn't entirely certain for us. And that was great motivation. It really, that that we were worried about it. Like, we were worried whether we were going to place, like I said, top eight And for my 16 and under boys team. It was actually super helpful. Um, so, but, of course, well, then at the end, when everybody gets to go, there's a strange feeling. It's like a tiny bit of a letdown, but more it's just like, ah, oh, awesome. We're all going to get to go. That's so great. Yeah, it
1: really became official, like, the Wednesday or Thursday immediately before the tournament. And I told some people, like I told coaches along the way, I didn't make a mass email and kind of let everybody know because I know everybody was approaching it a little bit differently. And we didn't we didn't want teams to drop out. We didn't want athletes to drop out on teams and stuff like that. So and I think that kind of helped to, to kind of make sure that
0: the tournament was. Oh, uh, well attended, and all the athletes had a great time. And competitive, so. like very yeah. competitive. I I was actually really pleased about that. At least that was my impression. I got. Okay. Yeah. Anything else about the allocations? I mean, well, we're going to go into JOS itself here in a moment. But uh, anything else about uh, Junior Olympic Southwest Zone Junior Junior Olympics qualifier? Is that what no, it's called? just
1: Just again, thanks to local host the CFWPC and all and, and all the volunteers, we could not have done it without you.
0: And Chris, Chris Jones. That guy's uh very, oh, yeah, Chris very Jones. extremely that, helpful. Yeah, yeah, that goes without saying. So. My now former job with uh, ODP, like he's been great to the program. So there you go. Um what's coming next on the calendar? So I think
1: there's the Endless Summer Classic that's coming up here. That's in North Um in North Texas, h- kind of hosted by Thunder. The cool thing is that's at the new Northwest ISD pool aquatic center. Um up in um up it's right next to Texas Motor Speedway. This is a school district that has three or four high schools that has been renting pool time for years and years and years. They finally built their pool that's about as big as the Westside Aquatic Center. So I think uh, kind, of, kind of Thunder is very happy
0: to be practicing there. And now they're hosting a tournament. So it's, so it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody. Hey, uh, Joe. You know, every time you bring up a new pool, it just reminds me how behind we are in Central Texas. It drives me bananas. Like you're in San Antonio, so you're you have some pools that you know have just been done, or you have some good quality. Mean, Northside ISD is awesome, but for crying out loud, Central Texas and Austin in particular, we got to get these going. Um, all right, that's my little tangent for the moment. Uh, the, uh, and the Do you and know the, why they changed the name, by the way? From it used to be Dallas Summer Classic, right? Is it? What do you have any idea why Thunder changed it to because they're because they're not in Dallas? Aha! All right, fair enough. They're in North
1: Texas, yes. which is adjacent to Dallas. They're kind mm-hmm. of they're kind of between Dallas and Fort Worth. They're not in Dallas. Got it. Okay. So what else? Um, and then I guess next week, back in your territory, is the ODP national team selection camp. So we're probably gonna have a bunch of kids from Texas go out there. That's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in various locations for the different age groups and genders. So good luck to all those kids that are going out there. Yep. And then in a couple weeks, um, the Triumph Midsummer Madness Tournament is going to be hosted in Southeast Houston at the Clear Creek um, ISD schools. So that'll be probably like, you know, Clear Falls and Clear Lake and Clear uh, in Clear Creek High School and Clear Springs and stuff like that. So that that's going to be hosted by Jeff
0: Houghton and, and Triumph Aquatics. Which is essentially a replacement. Suns Out, Guns Out had to be canceled for whatever reasons, but this is sure. a, essentially a replacement for that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And okay. then and then I think teams are doing a bunch of game days yep. over the next, yeah, we are. kind of the next two kind mm-hmm. of weekends to stay sharp yeah before JOs. And then we got the National Junior Olympics. July 29th
0: through August 1 in North Texas. All right. How exciting this, right? So, um, so first of all, how many teams overall are participating and how many of them are from outside of Texas? We had
1: 193 teams that entered the tournament Okay, from out that, that, that are going to be playing at session three of which we have 59 teams from South zone. Got it.
0: So the rest from elsewhere. Right. Um, and obviously the most player, well, so they've separated it into three, um, sessions, the two of which are in California, one here. Is it still generally speaking, you know, like maybe it's more, more athletes than in any other junior Olympics. Do we know the, those figures?
1: Um, I believe it's about the same. Okay. I, I mean, and that's the beauty of doing the, like the extra weekend is everybody's, it's going to be very similar to years past. Right. As far as the number of athletes and teams okay. that get to participate, we would not have been able to do this if we just tried to keep it just in California. So.
0: And so our, you know, referee is going to be descending onto Texas from out all over the country, including California, because they'll be done with their two sessions. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then we, we, you and I talked about this locations. There's a very helpful map that USA Water Polo published. I suspect you had something to do with it um, that showed the locations that were that were firm and then some were tentative. And it sort of displayed what it would look like, as you know, if you took the California Bay Area style tournament and put it in Texas, although I would say the the longest distance that I saw was an hour. And in California, you know, going from Santa Cruz to the East Bay, that's longer than an hour, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean, yes, there's gonna be some uh there's gonna be some driving, but you know, it's gonna be no different than like you talked about the Northern California JOs or even the Southern California JOs where you have games at Woodyer and you have to go down to J Serra and stuff like that. So or down to Laguna beach or something. So, um, there are some long drives, especially kind of whenever you consider the California traffic. <sighs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, teams are not going to have to play one game and then drive an hour to play their next game. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, we're like, like, we're still working on the schedule and who's playing where and such, but you know, um, we're excited to have the West Side aquatic center to be the primary pool kind of, kind of like the Woolet pool or the Stanford said.
0: pool.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, that'll be a, that that's in the Louisville kind of, kind of, kind of ISD. Um, there, there will be a JO Expo on Wednesday, July 28th. So that's exciting. And that'll be very, and so basically the session three is going to be as close to session one and session two as we can make it or even better. So does that mean that, oh yeah, go ahead. And I mean, this is, this is, this is a true blue national championship. Yeah that is being treated as such. Okay. And so teams that are coming or teams that are in Texas, this is not just going to be a, 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 like, like, like a, a, another uh, kind of North Texas term. No, this is legit national championship NJOs. Yes. The beach is going to be a little bit further drive away, <laughs> but you know, the competition is going to be strong. Everybody's going to get their games and you're going to get to play a team from around the country.
0: <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of somebody in the, in uh, we're out at Miramonte and they, and we're, we have a bit of a long break. It's maybe three, four hours. And they're like, we're going to go to Santa Cruz, and then we'll come back. I was like, um, no, no, I don't think you will. Not to mention, it's freezing right now out there. But anyway, different story. I had a question. So first of all, is Shieldy coming?
1: We're working on people. Hey, if anybody wants to be Shieldy in North Texas and what? you're over 18 years old, Contact Joe Linehan at USAwaterpole.org.
0: How can you give away the fact that Shieldy is just a costume that somebody wears? I mean, yes. Good. So we
1: are working on people to feel the like the Shieldy costume. And we also need a handler. So we need two people. So if you're interested um, and you have that personality to go out there and be Shieldy, please contact Joel hin at uswaterpool.org
0: what does this handler
1: do is it like handling bevo you got to like put it in a well, cage
0: between games well, or we, something well,
1: well you just got to make sure that that yeah that shield doesn't trip or you keep people away that don't yeah, that don't need to be there stuff like that
0: so. <laughs> that's uh that's good times okay uh and then uh, oh shoot Yeah, we talked about Junior J.O.'s Expo. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Long uh, the uh, Westside Aquatic Center you're calling and I think is going to be serving as sort of like the main um, facility. Does that mean that's where all the gold medal games are?
1: Um, no. I mean, I mean. we're still working on that.
0: Got so. it. I'm just curious because like, Stanford used to host, for example, I know at least up to 14 and unders, but maybe the other uh, gold medal games were elsewhere, which is fine. Just wondering if that was the case. Okay. Well, I mean, plus you're, I mean, it's, yeah, this, yeah, this year is still going to be like, you're, you're going to get
1: yeah moved into platinum and then you're having the gold division. So there's right. still going to be first, second, third in gold. So there's going to be other like, you know, kind of metal games in other pools too. Got it. And, I mean, we have some great facilities from yeah. Garland to SMU to Highland Park to Dallas Jesuit to LASD Eastside Aquatic Center, LASD Westside Aquatic Center, uh, kind of the South Lake Carroll kind of uh, uh, aquatic center to Carroll uh, Natatorium. There's a ton of pools that yeah, th- that we're using, and there's going to be a, a lot of those are going to have two courses, and there's going to be a lot of fun
0: water polo going on. Carol was really one of the first pools I ever visited in the state of Texas and all I can say is I like that facility a lot but I'm very glad they painted it a lighter color it was getting a little dark in there Um, do you want to know what another big event that's coming up is and some you know with a little bit of overlap is the uh, Olympic Games it's finally here Joe and stay tuned to the next section Yep, we'll be right back all of TX water polo is brought to you advertising free and we'd like to keep it that way So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Max Irving from the U.S. Men's Senior National Team. And to get all things Texas water polo, I'm listening to the TX Water Polo Podcast. James and Joe back, TX Water Polo Podcast. The Olympics are coming. Um, the women's team has been selected. They won yet another World League Championship. I think it's their seventh in a row, I think. And I don't know if you watched any of the action. The video coming out of Europe wasn't all that great to be honest uh, just quality wise but they were I don't know they just look like they're toying with people this is uh, so I, I wanted to introduce it in this way right so USA Today has an article in which they the, the, the title is best team ever question mark U.S. Olympic women's water polo has a chance at a three-peat. Now, I don't know if the three-peat really indicates that they're the best team ever. But I absolutely tell my kids all the time to watch highlights of this team from 2017, from earlier, because they're, the, they're that good.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the USA women have won every major international event at all different age groups. From the like the senior national to to the junior national to the youth, since 2014, they're quite good. Yep. So yeah, they are legit, and they have a couple kids, or not a couple kids. They are yeah, they are kids, kind of relative to you and I. Know to but me and
0: you, yes. They
1: they have a couple players that have been playing since the 2012 Olympics. Yeah. So um, and they so they have some veterans. They have some people that played in 2016 as well. And they also have some kind of newbies and it's going to be fun to watch them. So.
0: Oh man, they just, you know, they played hungry for the championship of the world league championships in, in Greece. And, uh, actually I don't, I, we, you and I were talking before they didn't go down like three, nothing. I think they did in another game. I think it was, you know, two to one. It's just like, it just so easy. It seems like, I mean, I'm sure they would hate to hear that, but it looks easy. Uh, all things considered. Um, okay. Uh, oh yeah right and so that that is a, a matter for debate um greg meskel is quoted as saying that this is the best team ever and i think that there's there is most definitely an argument to be made about that that meaning not necessarily this specific group of women who are playing on this team but sort of over the span since you're you know you mentioned it 2012 like this this could be the best water pol- among the best water polo teams of all time
1: and another like team goes say like Water bowl has been a women's sport in the Olympics since uh, Sydney in 2000. They've right. won a medal every single Olympics yes. since then, including the last two gold medals. So you know, coach 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 Kretorian and his group have done a great job. The like the ladies buy in, and uh, what is it? Um, obviously the results are there. So.
0: Sixty nine game winning streak ended in January of 2020 when it had lost to Australia down. I think those were exhibition games. I think. In Australia, 10 to 9. And that was the first time that team had lost since April of 2018. Amazing. Um, I'm very much looking forward to that. The men's team has not yet been selected. They still have a tournament to, to compete in beginning on the 26th. We're recording this on the 24th. Um, so the team will be. Th- I am absolutely fascinated by who goes and makes that roster because they've been looking at, you know, they've been looking at some people and, uh, you know, you have some young you know young studly European playing guys now on that team and uh you know feedback from from top coaches is that this might be the best team ever that we fielded on the men's side I I'm looking forward to seeing how they they actually play
1: well it's also the end of the uh, of nothing eight but the nine-year plan of Dayon, right? right so and um it's a lot of those quote-unquote kids that that might have played in 2016 are now five years older and a lot of the people that have come and gone, like there's a legit system in place and they have a ton of experience playing in, in Europe at the high level kind of professional leagues. Yep. So I think good. I, I think both the men and the women are going to be very, very strong in Tokyo.
0: The women uh, played in Europe too. And, and I, there's an argument and uh, I've had this with other people within the United States about whether, you know, you should train here in the U S or whether are going overseas is a good idea I'm totally of the opinion that playing at the highest level of the European leagues is extremely helpful. So uh, I I just think that the nature of the team that we're fielding now is just simply, I don't know, more sharp something because we've got so many guys who played at at the high level in, in Europe. That's just my opinion
1: no and uh, and that's that's the same thing in like soccer and such too yes. you know the like the us men's team in soccer is stronger now because they have a ton more people playing at the high levels for club soccer so Absolutely. um it's it's the same thing we just don't have the high level club water no. polo here in the united states like like the professional system and yeah, such precisely. so um hopefully we will at at, at some point but in time, you know, you got at the same time that the national Olympics are happening here at
0: the, at the end of July, the Olympic games are going to be happening over in Tokyo. Go listen to the last podcast that we did. I interviewed John Abdu. He covered that a little bit about what we were, what plans are for at least in the very, very long term for what's going on in the U S regarding professional leagues or whatever. Um, I've still been trying to push that issue. I don't know how that works because the USA is just so huge, but that's a whole different issue. Um, Let's see. Another news item that I think is relevant is uh, the Supreme Court actually ruled against the NCAA. Um, uh, Editorially, I think that's great. (laughs) NCAA is not on my list of favorite organizations Um, to break it. So so it matters, especially to football, let's be honest, and men's basketball in particular about um, basically no longer allowing the NCAA to run what is essentially a cartel, uh, which uh, artificially deflates the cost of doing things by not paying these young men, in particular. And then, you and I had a conversation before we started about how this actually affects water polo. My hypothesis, and I'm hoping to talk to a, a lawyer who knows the Constitution and also some academics about this, is that I look at it in, in terms of the gross amount of funds that are essentially available, and it's a not very it's it's not a very hidden secret. That many of the top programs in this country, uh, NCAA water polo programs, have been funded by essentially the revenues generated by football teams or basketball well, teams. I would... Not always, not always, and they're now you know now they're being uh, funded elsewhere. But I just worry about this. Like we have, the, I think it's more precarious than people give it credit for. About how our Olympic sports programs are essentially predicated on the success of the of the big teams, football, basketball, and so on.
1: Well, I mean, it's not just water polo, it's the Olympic sports Precisely, in general. I'd like the like what the Olympic sports is a nice way of saying the non revenue sports. Correct. Yeah. So um and yeah, yeah, but I think a lot of the water polo programs kinda out there are are proactive and they've done their their due diligence as far as endowments and such like that. So it may not be as dire as some Olympic sports out there. Um, and that's going to vary between uh, kind of NCAA program and NCAA program, but um, yeah. But this is good. I'm just curious, like um, if they're going to pay you know the football and basketball players a couple thousand dollars a month, is, does that mean that the that the water polo player gets paid too? Does that mean that um, that that they get paid uh, less? Um, and I'm sure it's going to be different between Division one, Division two, II, Division three teams sure. as well. Yeah because of just the um, like 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 the simple uh, amount of funds left i'm very excited for this is a, this is a different kind of subject but it's very much related to it is the student athletes can now make money off of their uh, like you know likeness as yes. far as like you know twitter and or uh you know of uh you know on instagram and tiktok and they can now that might be a way to help kids stay in college and play and play water polo and such like that. So um, so it's kind of interesting. And that's definitely going to help out the like the like the like the football and basketball players out there. And lastly, is I do not think it is a coincidence that now that the schools are going to have to find funds to pay athletes. I don't think it's a coincidence that the NCAA presidents and athletic directors and coaches are now expanding the college football player from four teams to 12 teams.
0: No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, and, and uh, you know, again, we spoke about it before. That it's so clear what they're trying to do, not to mention where have they been finding the funds for their $11 million a year salaries for football coaches. Um, but the, the 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 this idea that, you know, these athletes are going to get nothing but cash isn't quite right. What it means is that the schools are now free to also offer other perks, you know, other academic perks, other like, you know, just stuff that was normally in the past considered to be off or, or illegal essentially is now no longer going to be that. So there are all kinds of temptations coming the, the athletes ways. And by the way, I'm a hundred percent in favor of this ruling. Like it, just, it exposes the NCAA for the ridiculous cartel that it is. I'm sorry. That's what it does. But it's not. To, but there will be consequences to sports like ours. I'm convinced of that. It's a matter of actually trying to, you know, flesh it all out and put it on paper at some point and publish it.
1: Yeah, it's to, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it affects the water polo programs kind of around the country, um, and 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 more importantly, the water polo athletes around
0: the country. So. Yeah. Because what, what if the other or better option is to go to Europe or something like that? You know, just become part of a club. Um, I, I could see that happening more often. Well, I think that would have happened regardless of this. So I do too, but I think that this, that this is one way to, that um, those coaches who've come to the U.S. from Europe have been right, which is this system is very, very strange. It really is. I'm, I'm a fan. I played NCAA water polo. I like it. It was really good, but it is strange. This the way that academics and and, uh, athletics are mixed up.
1: It's only strange to Eastern European people. It's not strange to us here. And I do believe that this system works and, um, and the best, the best players in the world come from the United States or could come from the United States. And the best coaches can also come from the United States as well. So, um, I'm, just curious, and I'm looking forward to the continual kind of growth of the sport at the at the NCAA level, specifically here in Texas, and just get more and more kids playing. Yeah, just yeah, just playing the sport. This is not a this is not a short-term endeavor. We need to all work together to keep growing the sport year by year at all different levels, and um, and then then eventually, if we do that, then we're t- then we're going to be able to talk about a, a, a professional league here a viable kind of professional league, because then we have athletes that want to continue to play. And, you know, and that kind of brings us into we do have masters nationals at the end of August. Wait too. a second.
0: Wait a second. I'm not done with this. So yes, <sighs> I know you don't want to talk about it. I tried. It anymore. I, know. I tried. Audience. You, I tried. everybody here. I actually got to, I talked to some people at, uh, at zones or, and they were like, yeah, you know, Joe's got his thing and you have your thing. It's like, I am not sure this does work. I'm not sure the system does work. Like the, the finances behind it don't make sense to me, and they're not sustain, s- sustainable, in my opinion. Now, a professional league would relieve a great deal of pressure on athletes who didn't necessarily, necessarily even want to go to college. And uh, and the good news is, in my opinion, Division III is... is kind of exempt from this. I think that division three will be fine. It's the, it's the worries about the, the, the bigger teams uh, or maybe mid-level teams is more like it. Cause you know, Stanford, UCLA, they're going to be funded by themselves. But anyway, that's, I am concerned and I don't think that it's, it's a good idea for anybody to sweep this under the carpet. Like this is nothing. Like, I think the trends have been speaking for decades now, ever since, And the NLRB said that, you know, the university of Northwestern could unionize. I don't think that's actually going to work out, but this is the trend line is like, this is an unsustainable model. And I'm sure very creative people are working on ways of fixing it. But I think that uh, we should be aware of that. That's all I'm saying, Joe.
1: Oh, and I mean, but you know, the wonderful part about our sport is we have a lot of passionate people and people that love to play the sport. And, um, and what I mean by that is people are going to find a way to play. I agree. So if, for whatever reason and god forbid that the ncaa opportunities go away you know people are going to find a way to play whether it's a collegiate club totally or agree. a professional system or something and then we might look more like an eastern totally. eastern european type yeah type thing but you know i believe that this system does work the main reason i believe it works is because we've had ncaa uh, water poles since the 1960s and it's slowly growing and it keeps growing and uh and I hope that it and and it provides a ton of opportunities for the education at the next level for athletes. And it's a way that they're going to be part of, you know, the sororities and fraternities. And yeah, instead yeah, of so those, they're part of the teams. And this is something that I really highly encourage athletes to pursue because there are a ton of very good players coming out of Texas. And there's a place for everybody to play.
0: So. Yeah, we're not we're talking we're talking across each other a little bit because. I don't disagree with that at all. Like that I'm still, I I have concerns that are serious, but there's no way I would stop telling my athletes not to go to play in college. No way. Like and unless one of my players just busted out so well that I'm like, okay, Recos looking for you. It's like, okay, that's a different story. But that's that's not going to be happening anytime soon. Um, all right, a subject to be revisited. I think that it's going to be it's going to get much more coverage on total water polo. I have some people lined up. I'm hoping to talk to about this. Uh, but it's a it's an issue that I've obviously given given some thought and written about in the past. Um, now, NTSC is the final subject on our list. We mentioned before that that's taking place in. Orange County and oh boy, the coming weeks—it's it's it's on the agenda. What what about what do we need to know about NTSC that we haven't covered already? I just think just good luck to all the athletes that are playing. I do. I do, too. It's and it's so nice that it's back, actually. Right. I mean, you know, last year they had the boys, but they did not have the girls. Um, So it's really cool that this whole thing is happening again. And uh, obviously they had a a bunch of selections from all over the the country and they're going to revise a format that has been uh, unfortunately delayed for a year. So uh, again, more signs of normalcy. All right. Anything else? No, we're done. We will have
1: our next thing probably after July 4th.
0: I think that's right.
1: So everybody have a good Fourth of July holiday. If if you don't hear from us before that,
0: that's absolutely right. And so I agree. Thank you very much, Joe. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening. Telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. If you want to support the work we do, and uh, you know there's still plenty of it, you can go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. um, And uh, but you know that's enough. Enough for this week. And until next week. So long from Austin. This has
1: been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.